Well, today we're in our third week of a series on Paul's letter to the Colossians. We're calling it For All People because that's ultimately who Paul's letter was written for. All people, not just the Colossians. And because, because Paul continually reminds us that Christ lived, died, and rose again for all people. And he calls for all people, for all of us, to give all of ourselves to him. And so since we're in the third week of this series, guess what chapter that means we're in? Three. Chapter 3 of Colossians. So back in the first chapter, you might remember, we heard Paul greet us with a holy attaboy. You are here, you made it, and sometimes that's the best we got, and sometimes those are the best words we hear when we walk into a church. You're here, you made it, you're following Christ, and you, friends, are bearing fruit. I got a lot of fruit behind me that you bore. Last week, Paul reminded us that since we have received Christ, he sent the Holy Spirit to empower us to continue to live our lives in him. We were dead in our sins before Jesus, but through his death and resurrection, we have been raised to new life. And so in this week, we're into Colossians chapter 3, and Paul's going to tell us just what it looks like to live with Christ, what it looks like to clothe ourselves in Christ. And that had me thinking all week, like, I don't know about you, but I've heard a lot lately in a lot of different places about whether or not we live in the United States, whether we live in a Christian country, and whether we live in a Christian nation, and what it might mean or what it might look like if we did and could say that we do. Well, Paul has a couple of lists in chapter 3, I think that can help us. So as you listen listen to Colossians 3, 1 through 17, I apologize for those of you looking in your bulletin and like, hey, wait, he just added some verses, but I did. And so remember, as we read this, listen for these two lists, but also remember that Paul is picking us right back up where he left us, that we've died in the waters of baptism and we've been raised back up into something new. And so Paul says, So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is sealed at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, Whatever in you is earthly, fornication, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry, on account of these, the wrath of God is coming on those who are disobedient. These are the ways you also once followed when you were living that life, but now you must get rid of all such things, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another seeing that you have stripped off the old self with its practices and have clothed yourself with the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge according to the image of its creator. And in that renewal, there is no longer Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and Christ is in 
all. And so as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. But above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom, and with gratitude in your hearts sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. It's the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord God, we do thank you and praise you. We thank you for the example of your Son, Jesus Christ. We praise you for loving us yet when we fall short. And so we pray today that we might hear from you, that you might whisper in our ears a new wardrobe that we might wear with with joy as we walk out of these doors today. And it's in your holy name we pray. Amen. So did you all hear some lists in that scripture today? Two lists. In our baptism, we put one list to death, and we rise with Christ inhabiting the other list. Or to use another of his metaphors, right? When we walk into the waters of baptism, we take off one set of clothes, and we come out and put on another set of of clothes. How many of you take a shower and then put on the old clothes? That kind of defeats the purpose of the shower, right? <laughs> but it occurred to me as I read this part of the letter and thought about who we are, who we all are, Christians and non-Christians alike, slaves and free, it occurred to me that one set of clothing seems to get worn a lot more than the other. Here's Paul's two lists. He says, take off fornication, impurity, consuming lust, evil desire. I I translated passion because we use passion positively and I I didn't want to put it on that list. So I went back to the Greek and consuming lust is is another translation. Consuming lust, evil desire, greed and idolatry, anger, wrath, malice, slander, abuse, lies. Take off those clothes and put on compassion, compassion. Kindness, humility, meekness, patience, tolerance, love, peace, thankfulness. So which one is it? Which one do we tend to see the most when we're watching the news or we're sifting through our social media accounts or we're out and about watching fellow children of God interact with one another? Which list do we talk about seeing the most, whether or not it's the one we actually see? I don't imagine that I need to tell you that researchers have been tracking a steadily declining 
amount of civility in our society. I found that the trend downward really began in earnest about 2015 and then accelerated during COVID. Anybody experience that? We as a human race, and I dare say we as Christians too, have been losing our civility, our courtesy, our politeness. We've been taking off the clothes we put on in baptism in that second column and picking back up the dirty clothes laying on the floor of the bathroom. (laughs) The clothing of our former selves, anger, greed, abusive language, a consuming lust for the very things that Jesus walked away from. And that's not to say that no one is ever compassionate, humble, patient, tolerant, or kind. Dude, I'm like the most humble person I know. Like all the time. Like, and, and does my epic humility get airtime? Does anyone talk about how monumentally humble I am? Does it sell? Thank you. You're looking good too. As people though, We're far more interested in column A. We consume column A stories more. Even if deep down we know that that's not who we were created to be. Here's an example. It hits a little close to home. So how many of you remember the unfortunate moment when Grain Valley made the national news a couple months ago over some stickers in the high school, which really meant... We made national news regarding the hot button, column A inducing panic button of the topic of human sexuality. How many people in the room just tensed up because I said (laughs) that? Mentioned those words, right? Anybody kick off their patience socks and slip on a malice sock? But we're in church, right? So if you slip on your malice socks, they're the no-show socks because you don't want anyone to know that you got your malice socks on in, 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 in church. Well, the school system in the weeks after that had a series of conversations and listening sessions. They even contracted with an outside company to come into the school system and help to navigate things um, objectively and peacefully. And I got to be a part of one of those conversations. And I was impressed, by the way, by the thoughtfulness and the effort of everyone involved. And and for the most part, everyone kept their malice socks (laughs) hidden under their shoes. But this past week, then, the district released the report from those meetings, from that outside group. And what stuck out to me were a pair of word clouds depicting the current climate at at the schools from a couple of perspectives. Here is one of those word clouds. It was generated by the students. And I know this is the best I I could get it Hopefully you can see some of it. And remember, these are the students talking about what their schools, the atmosphere, the climate. And the bigger the word in a word cloud, the more common it was in their responses. Do you notice anything? Like if you had to put these words on Paul's list, would they be on the take-off list, the majority of them? Or or the put-on list? And the number one word is what? Divided. Do you think that's a take-off word or a put-on word? 
take off, right. You don't want to put on divided clothes. They fall off and it gets awkward. (laughs) Take off anger. Put on, Paul says, tolerance and peace. I do have to laugh, though, at the second most frequent words. They're like the yin and yang of teenage indifference. The glass half full and half empty, right? How was school? Eh, it's all right. How was school? Eh, a little iffy. <laughs> Says nothing <laughs> but your indifference. When teachers were asked what they thought the school climate was like for students, here were their answers. Not much better. In fact, if you could read all the words, they are, on the whole, more discouraging. And what's the number one word? Divided. It's not just our schools, right? I mean, we know this. It's like we as human beings have lined society up into two columns and we're dividing people based on extremes. Like there's no any gray area, no middle ground. Either you agree with me 100% or you're in column A or you don't agree with me and I'm going to put you in column B. And if I'm in column A, column A, you won't catch me sharing a treat, street taco with cilantro and onions with anyone from column B. Right? I do think that nothing gets people more animated than cilantro and whether or not you like it. If you remember our conversation about the church at Colossae and how the city was particularly cosmopolitan, how on that being on that Roman trade route in what is now Turkey, it, it, it meant that there were all kinds of people, all kinds of religions and ideologies, all kinds of backgrounds and languages, all kinds of things in that community that could be used to divide people and to separate people out, all kinds of rulers and measuring sticks that we might use to keep others in and keep others down. Actually, if you remember... Paul mentions this was a problem and that it's pulling the Colossians away from Jesus. That it was causing them to start putting on old clothes like an old set of training wheels. I mean, Paul actually makes a list of some of the things that divide. He actually gives us a column A and a column B for the people of Colossae. Here's what he says. In that renewal, there is no longer Greek and Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarians, which are the people that don't speak Greek, right? The uncivilized people that don't speak Greek and the Scythians, which are worse than the barbarians. (laughs) You're either slave or you're free. Doesn't sound familiar? You're either this or you're that. You're either in column A or you're in column B, which really means that we're all just what? Divided. We're all just divided. And there's nothing new. I mean, even this classic movie about the divisions that we create in our schools, this is a visual. Do you have some breakfast people? Keep going. Keep going. There they are. Right? This is a classic movie about the divisions we create in our school. It stands out more to me now, though, for who isn't in the breakfast club than how much I identified with these five that, to my eyes, they look pretty similar (laughs) now. But haven't we been coming up with different measuring sticks, different rulers and rules our whole lives? 
Different ways to divide, to keep others out, to keep others down, even to keep ourselves down and out. We're always finding something. Jesus and then Peter even had to break down lunchroom barriers. And yet still, we forget. Am I the only one that felt like the lunchroom on the first day of school was the scariest place to go because there was no assigned seating? And I didn't know if I would have a seat or if someone would want to sit by me. We keep slipping back into dividing ourselves into column A and column B. We keep slipping back into the clothes we used to wear. So how do we get past the things that keep dividing us, that that keep hurting us, that keep us hurting one another? Well, when they were asked this question, our, our senior high students, they had some good thoughts. They suggested that we allow open dialogue in the school about tough issues, that we give students a voice in the discussions about school climate, that, that, that we together try to find more ways to recognize a diversity of cultures and, and backgrounds that are free from stereotypes. We have thoughtful young people in our schools. And our middle school students, well, they're middle school students. This is how they responded. I just put it up there so you knew they, it was real. They wanted more breaks. <laughs> they wanted longer exploratory classes, more electives, more fun stuff in school. That will help. Start school later. That'll, that'll get us better climate. I like this one. Offer more diversity, yay, at lunch. Because with better few, food, this is a quote, better food, students will be in a better mood and better able to learn. And this is my favorite. Too often students get sent to the buddy room as punishment, but kids actually like to go to the buddy room because <laughs> you get to leave class. Our middle school students are smart. <laughs> but you know what? I was laughing about this list, and then I got to thinking, hey, man, wait a minute. These kids are on to something, right? I mean, Jesus seemed to think that better food put people in a better mood so that they could learn from him better. And more breaks? Start school later? That's Sabbath, friends. That's a commandment. Our middle school kids know what's up. Way to go, Isaac. (laughs) Speaking of Jesus, here's a reminder of what Paul had to say about the subject. Paul encouraged the Colossians and us to stop focusing, to stop focusing on the differences among us all. Because when we focus on those earthly categories, all it's going to do is cause more division. Now Paul, at the very beginning of this chapter, says, put your minds on heavenly things, not on earthly things, on Christ, who is all. Christ, the one person who unites us all. And, and all that division that we create and cause, like that's just going to cause us to reach for our old clothes. And we're wearing a bit too much old. Like It's not retro, it's just old. It's not vintage, it's just old and ugly. But Paul calls us to focus on the one heavenly thing, 
the one person who unites all of us, who is all in all. Christ is all and in all. Christ is everything. And so through Christ, all those earthly things we think divide us, all those earthly measuring sticks we measure ourselves and other people with, they're gone, meaningless, like so many old, much old clothes tossed out with a rag pile. For in our baptism, we took off those old raggedy clothes, we washed their stink and their grime off of us in the waters, and we put on new clothes. We were clothed with Christ. And so this week, as I heard all this talk about are we a Christian nation, should we make sure that Christ is still in our schools, maybe we should start then by making sure there are more Christians in our nation and more Christians in our schools who are still wearing the right clothes. Right? Maybe that's where we need to begin by checking each and every one of ourselves, us, me, out in the mirror when I go out in the morning and make sure I'm wearing the right clothes. My daughter, she's very kind. She does that for me every morning. Are you going to wear that, Dad? I do not think you should wear that, Dad. (laughs) You need to make sure you're wearing compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, tolerance, love, peace, and thankfulness. Because when we wear Christ, other people might say, man, that's a nice set of clothes. I need to get me some of those. And the next thing you know, more of us and more of us are wearing the one who is all in all. Amen? Amen. Amen.